It's another evening here on the broadcast, and uh, you know, you know the deal. What is that shit? It's another evening. What are you you trying to do? Opening? You just, you just, you just talking. I'm not. That's that's different. I'm not. Why you always? Why you always got to be? You can't control it. Oh, you're trying to take Van Jones' spot. I get it. I get it. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't start. I didn't start crying. I didn't start crying in my opening. So now we are. We are right. You know, Van Jones is known to be crying all over the place. So, 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 check this out. Check this out. As we're trying to grow our brand and grow our what we have here, this thing that we've birthed together, right? Uh, on occasion, I get people that solicit us to uh, promote their products. So, this week, uh, this week, I was solicited by someone who asked us to promote their, and I'm not going to share their email because I, I'm not promoting them, but I also right. thought it was very funny. Okay. So apparently these people sell butt pillows. If you don't get the fuck out of here. And wanted us to, uh, yeah, so take a look at this. I know I joke about the OnlyFans all the time. But we ain't selling sex toys all of a sudden, are we? It's, it's, no, this no, is no, like, no, I know. They we, made, not, no, we, we don't need sales that bad. They we made really sure, listen, they made sure in the email to specify. I, I still work, that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I still they made know. sure to specify in the email that this is a, the most comfortable pillow that you're going to buy. And if you're a butt man, they have they go up to 56 inches in size and it's so, the most comfortable and it's the most comfortable pillow that you're ever going to oh, ever going to purchase does it have holes it's a pillow what the hell <laughs> it's shaped like an ass that's your first question that's your first question listen man it's shaped like an ass and it comes in various sizes I, I, who's gonna live this is the no smallest one, and i said no up to your head on that ass do you do you see what What'd you say? No one's laying their head on. Is that what y'all? Oh, y'all are some different shit. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Listen, man, if that's what y'all like. I ain't judging. You know, it's a new world. It's 2021. It's, People it's, like to lay their head on party ass. Okay. It's, cool. it's, it sounds like you're judging, though. All yes. I'm saying, so when I, I bring that up specifically because I know that Elgin oh, is a man oh, of the people, a man okay. that's of the people. Yes. And uh, this sounds as though it's something right up your alley. So I wanted to, I'm going to forward you the email and you can be one of their. Oh, yeah, I'll be a spokesperson for them. Yeah, shit. <laughs> sure. Listen, man. I didn't sold ass before. So. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Can be in the house. Now, what you want to take this conversation online? I, <laughs> Confessions <laughs> of the raw soul. Listen, oh my listen, God! What's, what's old boy's name? He old dressed in green. Pause, 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 
Pause, pause. Easy, fella. Bishop Don Juan? You know what? This guy is. Solicitation is the right word now. That is the right word of the night. Solicitation. So, so how much were they? they here was the, here's the for master solicitation. So this is this is the part that's going to be the bastard of it. These pillows right. can be upwards of two hundred dollars. Get out! You especially, you don't especially, want to you, especially if you're getting the the thick pillow. That, as I said, oh, it's like man. the thick fifty six inch joint, which no, with two sleeves. That is that is completely unnecessary. Come on, man. That's good money in someone ass out here. Let me tell you. Only fans. <laughs> What's up to the homie Kim Jones? Shout out to oh, you, mama. Shit. Thank you for watching. We appreciate it. No, you know, you we're, gonna send, we're gonna send you a pillow, mama. Don't worry. I know you, I know that's on your Kim on your on your bucket list. We're gonna send you a pillow. Kim needs I think she's all right. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna send it to Rod then. We send it to the homie Rod. These your homies, bro. I mean, <laughs> you send it ass to the homies. I mean, hey, listen, I ain't judging you. Twenty twenty one. Get down. How you get down? Whatever, whatever, whatever. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up? What's up? What is up? Back once again. It is the incredible in the black podcast. And in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown ass men who knew to stay the hell out of DC during the inauguration. I am your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. But as usual, you know, I can never do this alone. Let me introduce the rest of Onyx. Crush, say what's up, man. What's good, everybody? No doubt. L, say what's up. Hey, what's good, family? How y'all doing? Mm-hmm. I see, I see you. And of oh, course, if you're checking this out on, usually you got a lot more than that, but we're gonna leave it oh. alone tonight. <laughs> and of course, if you're checking this out on YouTube, make sure that you hit that thumbs up button. It goes a long way, and make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss out on the next video as well. But Man, and before- don't forget the cash app. Come you on, see it, man. You see it rotating Man, at the bottom. You see it rotating at the bottom. But, but before we get into the meat and potatoes of this show, L, please tell these good folks how they become uh, how they can become part of the family if they want to become part Shit, of the family. Dollar sign in the black podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, seriously, uh, yeah, but cash out. Uh, go ahead over to our website, man, www.intheblackpodcast.com, and in the right-hand corner, become family tab. Should become a member of the family tab. We'll Why are you that. always? What is wrong? We got to just get more money for <laughs> to be able to put the member in. There. Yeah, we got to add that extra part. <laughs> But on this, man, you can become a part of the family. We would really appreciate that. Scroll down. You can get swag. You can see all of Sean's cousins and shit modeling the shirts. Uh, you know. <laughs> modeling the wear for us. Buy some that support the family because they got a model for Sean's website. So. <laughs> Patreon, man, if you just want to donate, again, dollar sign in the black PDCST. I'm going to keep saying that shit uh, in the black <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Donate, send money, send help. But that's what we got, man. Become a member of the family. We appreciate y'all. No doubt. You are a reckless motherfucker. I, I swear to God, you just 25 reckless. 8, 25 yeah. So tonight what we're going to do, we do not have a formal black box letter tonight, but what we are going to talk about is the history-making inauguration from yesterday that we had. Um, We did finally uh, 
swear in the 46th president of the United States, Joseph R. Biden Jr. and the first black and female vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris. Um, did you guys watch? How did it, how did you, what did you take from? Because I really thought that there was going to be a lot of shit that popped off across the state, especially with the high alert that everyone was talking about, FBI, National Guard, all that other stuff. So did you guys watch and what were your expectations? Go ahead, Crush. Um, well, I, I really didn't think there was going to be any drama across 50 states for one. Um, but I did get a chance to see the inauguration in pieces. Um, you know, it looked really nice. Uh, you know, uh, the Obamas are great. Uh, the, the little statement that all the presidents made, that was, a uh, you know, felt pretty heartfelt for that little president's club and everything. Uh, the performances were cool. I mean, you know, J-Lo, you know, there are other choices, but I guess you have to do what you have to do. Um, but, um, other than that, um, it was good. It was quite nice. Pretty good. And my man Bernie, my brand Bernie represented, obviously. Uh, so, you know, he shut it down, you know, so that felt good too, you know. <laughs> what, what about you, L? <laughs> no, I didn't watch this shit. <laughs> I, I was, I, I didn't watch. I, but it wasn't anything. It wasn't a political move, or it wasn't. Why you, got, why you gotta be? Why you gotta be like that? It was. I mean, I've you, never watched an inauguration, bro. I, you didn't even watch Obama's inauguration. Fuck, I'm watch. I, I've never watched an inauguration, bro. I just. Listen, I've seen pictures. I was on social media. I saw everybody named Mama. I got a better playback on social media than y'all motherfuckers did by watching it on TV. <laughs> but no, man, it just wasn't wasn't something that uh, interests me. That you were interested in. I can, I can dig it. I can. Dig I mean, it. it was funny that it was a total of like maybe three protesters across all the states, I think. There was, they said there was one soul. One dude guy in New York. There was one dude in New York, too. One dude. Oh, shit. And what do you want? He like, drove 45 minutes to, to get there. We're <laughs> just looking for a peaceful protest. And he got there and it was crickets. No, yes, no doubt. No doubt, Rod. I was I was hip to the, the yours, man. I was, uh... anyway, sneak, sneak ahead talk. I'm sorry. That's, uh, you know. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry. There goes that one but, listener we had. As I'm watching it, as I'm watching everything happen, I kept anticipating the worst. And I think that I don't know if that's necessarily just because of the events that happened on January 6th, or if it's also because of the media kind of hyping and building all of that up, or a combination of the two, right? But I kept anticipating something to happen. Even if it didn't happen at the inauguration, for them to cut and be like breaking news, um, militia members stormed into Michigan's state ha- capital and blew that motherfucker up. And I would have turned right in. I would have turned right in. <laughs> That's the shit you would have been watching. But nah, but yeah, white so people kept, going wild. All right. I kept, antis- I kept anticipating something to happen, but when it didn't, I was like, okay, this is a, a moment for us to be able to, I guess, to embrace that moment. Specifically, at least for me anyway, it was really just the ascension of Kamala Harris and her being the first female and first black vice president. Yeah, I and see it. Yeah, it was, it was something that I thought that was, I mean, something that should be commemorated. And I'm glad that they paid attention because ultimately it brought so many other things to the forefront, like putting HBCUs 
on a national stage where they hadn't been seen before. And as a product of an HBCU, and I know uh, Crush is a product of an HBCU, it made me feel some sort of way. We yeah. all know that you don't give two shits. Ain't you? Ain't you? Ain't you? Ain't you in the house? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no mm-hmm. bullshit. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. Inauguration like, in the house? The, like the halftime show, the Super Bowl, bro. <laughs> This is what I get up to go get my snacks, bro. I mean, <laughs> you this guy. You got Jigglers who can't sing. Then you got Garth yeah, that was poor choice. who show up with some nutcrackers. Who, who, who can't sing? J-Lo. I, I, wanna make, I wanted to make sure that they got you on the record, so all the hate mail goes to you. <laughs> I oh, think nobody, you. nobody else is going to I'll take some of that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. About time. <laughs> no bullshit. So, they should have had her up there. Who? Her. Her. H. E. Oh, yeah. They should have her up there killing it. She would have killed it. all day. You know that. Okay. Since since only two of us really watched it or paid attention to it with this motherfucker right here, I want to. I'm going to ask you, what do you anticipate? going forward with this new administration because i know that there are a lot of people now that are butthurt like rod already said QAnon and the trumpers across the board are butthurt i saw i posted something earlier there was a guy on tiktok that i guess he was arrested by the police for his actions and he was begging donald trump to pardon all 2000 plus folks that showed up at the uh, that showed up on January 6th because he asked them to show up. I thought that was one of the most interesting things that I'd seen. But what do you anticipate coming out of this administration? I mean, I think he started off. You know, Elgin hates when I'm fair to people, but I'm going to be fair. Your you man came off a, a habitual fence sitter, old splinter ass having to. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Why you got to talk to me like that when my mom is going to be watching? Anyway, so I like like your mom. It's a son that I don't like. To be fair, like I said, to be fair, your boy Biden got into office and he jumped off with 17 executive orders off Jump Street. And I think it was a good start. But what do you guys think? What do you anticipate coming from the administration so far? At least within the first 100 days. I don't have, again, let let me put it this way per my own politics and own view I'm looking at what is he going to do in the first hundred days specifically and exclusively that affects predominantly black communities and predominantly black schools so I'm measuring him according to that standard like what are you doing there for that so in using that standard I don't expect anything direct and specific but what I do expect is him to do things like the vaccination, pushing that out very quickly, getting people getting that. I expect him to do uh, the eviction moratorium. I expect that to do. And those things as a byproduct will affect predominantly black environments. But specifically and exclusively within the first hundred days, I don't expect him to do shit that's going to specifically and exclusively affect black folk. Um, Mm. Mm. Interesting crush um yeah i'm i'm you know, i'm definitely you know inclined to agree with elgin that, that his first hundred days will be focused on uh the distribution of the vaccine and uh, the moratoriums uh, that people need as well as the unemployment and the stimulus um i think all that rolled out pretty quickly and fairly effectively 
um, over the next three or four months. Um, but um, yeah, anything dealing with us as a community directly, um, that's going to be a, I, I feel like I already have concerns about, you know, the place that progressives, progressives are going to have in this, in this administration. Um, and there's already some, uh, already some bad signs around um, already the fund the police. Yeah, there's already some. I'm already getting. I'm already getting a little riled up about the fund the police right now. Mm. I'm hearing some. I'm hearing some some shitty attitudes from the Dems on on this. So hopefully uh, Joe can get. Some, he's just going to be sincere. Hopefully Sister Sister Harris is going to get sincere about it and and realize that this is not about semantics, but about real issues. You know that that real resources that we need as a community. That's what the fund the police is about. Um, so. Hopefully, um, I think for us, um, the discussions will be start happening after we get to at least eighty-five percent vaccination here. Discussion, discussion, not not action. Discussion. And I think what <laughs> even to be more clear, part of my reason of not expecting him to have anything for black folk is because he didn't have anything for black folk going in to the position uh and again I'm, I'm not trying to be disparaging towards him or harris it's just that their politics don't line up to meet to your own well not only to my own but to meet the needs of predominantly black communities specifically so i just think that's where it's going to begin to get really fuzzy for a lot of black folks because we've been in a position where we've been looking for another motherfucker sitting in the white house to do some shit for us and if he does not i don't know what our recourse is but i think motherfuckers are going to be angry rather rapidly that first I mean, hundred days i yeah, mean yeah we, we shouldn't expect anything in the first hundred days to be honest with that we have to be realistic but you know our balance between patience and persistence will will start to be renegotiated you know um because you know, that's I feel like you told that group of black leaders or well, quote unquote black leaders a few months ago, rather sternly. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, at the same time, you know, um, keep the talks going, keep the, the flow of communication going like it would be bad if you just cut shit off. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, um, <laughs> but, at the same time, but at the same time, I do hope the the, uh, the flow of communication will between us and the administration will be uh will be uh in place and active you know that would that that will count for something you know it, it, it'd, be, it'd be different if um if nobody was getting through if nothing was being taken in but hopefully we'll have a line i i, I agree with rod who's uh joining us in our comment section that i think that he's going to do as much as he possibly can do and be singing that kumbaya and i love black folks things and he's really going to lean into that. gobble that shit up though well we, 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 we know we know i mean it's nothing i mean I, I, man i'm gonna keep it all the way funky with you my guy i'm okay. i'm not i'm not anticipating too much and it's not because necessarily that they cannot deliver but historically those things don't always align like we expect so much within those first hundred days within the first year within the first two years and there are always things that end up being that we end up being told that hey can't be done Wait. for x y and z reason or so we were waiting. celebrating yesterday because of what we're, well we're celebrating because once again 
a, a glass ceiling has been broken. So that's one thing. But Two how does that glass ceiling affect? Come on. You, how you're saying how make, does it affect? Your, it affects. How does it make progress better for black folks in America? These glass ceilings when they're broken. I think that the, breaking those glass ceilings shows an example for those people that are actually going to be able to see these examples and then be able to do the work down the road. So for the sister that sees her being sworn into office, seeing that she can possibly do the work and she has the gumption and the, what do you want to call it? And the wherewithal and the fight to be able to make those changes that we've been fighting for that we deserve. It's not, not always about in the current stance, we're always pushing forward for the generation that are behind us, right? At least in my estimation. Now you might, you, I know you always- I hate that representation of shit. I mean, but so you're so you're telling me that seeing that representation and your daughter's looking at that 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 doesn't mean anything. What does that mean? They have no asked, no, 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 they have no direct contact with a Harris. The only contact they ever will see of her will be on TV. So all the influence that they're going to see is going to be from the black woman in their lives directly. They have no idea of who Harris is, but we're so ingrained in love with this representation. But when we have the conversation, we really actually, we don't even try to have the conversation about representation. We just kind of get scared and buck away from it and just say hey well we need it because it breaks the glass ceiling but breaking that glass ceiling does what for the overall black collective what does that do because what does it, representation do because representation ultimately changes perspective and mind space that where? when you have when you where? have more influence and people with inner space you mean where in the political where? sphere but how, how has that affected us because this is not the first time we've had a black person in high profile positions where has it affected us? How has I'm it going, affected hold, hold. us? I'm going to have to ask Kim to, like, to stay out of the comments. You're not going to just continue to give this dude props. He's not making no damn sense. Don't do that and have his head on. Because you are, you know, Johnny Politico. But that's cool. <laughs> I mean, I dig it. But tell, tell me, I mean, honestly, how does these things really affect us overall as a black collective these I, th I think that it, I think I, mean, that it, I think the way it does is an example when you look at people like Cory Bush Ayanna Presley those folks that you know that listen I mean you shirking and you making faces but these are people that are willing to do the work and the more you see people of influence and positions that are doing the work it gives you the what do you want to call it it gives some i won't say for all because i know it doesn't affect you but it gives some that, that influence the action the action narratives necessary to you be able to take that, that next step dude what's the homeboy in baltimore the um the new well, mayor of baltimore that. young 30 30 some odd kid he was talking about how obama influenced him to be to right. run for but again office. you're giving me individual examples how does this affect but all of that stuff starts from an individual's people. point all of it starts with an individual origin you don't just start on a broad how, how it hasn't affected us because it's not like we haven't had politicians in high ranking positions before who were black that how does that help us H how has it helped us I mean I, in, you, in, I, I because you I mean looking at I mean look, I'm, what I mean, looking saying, at it. I'm, I'm good with it you and I can be you, you, my brother. So we can disagree without being well, we disagreeable. Got a whole show. Wouldn't this be the perfect platform to have a discussion on how this works and deliver it? No, I, I just be like I said. To be honest with you, I think that it takes 
getting new narrative or getting a new crop of folks inside because once again we've had people that have been molded in a particular way in the political sphere for a long time people like Clyburn for example but when you have other folks like like I said Ayana, Ayana Presley you got Cory Bush folks like that that have a different mode of thinking that are about the shits every single day they're not willing to kowtow to the rest of these folks and bend and break and the more folks you get like that ultimately you push that mind frame out of politics right you don't think that's you don't push racism out by representation. I, I, I get you. I get you. I can I can dig that. I can dig that. I can dig that. You I don't if you if you can't push it out by representation, ultimately the, the belief is that you get the influence and the numbers necessary to push it out. You don't think so? So when you have more people that show up in these spheres, you don't think that those numbers have any effect. Well, first off, if they are, if they have a black perspective, meaning they go into these positions looking to do things specifically and exclusively to a degree for black folks, yeah, it'd be changed. But a lot of these politicians, they're in a whole different class state that they don't even recognize or look at themselves as someone who's black. So, of course, they immediately go into it thinking that they're going to work for everyone mm, and not exclusively, mm, exclusively for black people. Okay. So, and mm-hmm. we can even go back and go to Sister Harris. I mean, folks were going crazy cheering for her yesterday. Dope representation. But when you look at her actual politics, Okay. So you feel that she's, that there is, so I want to make sure that we're clear and that I have you on the record. You believe that even with that representation in office, that she's not going to lean in the right direction to do, to create or help push effective policy for black people. She didn't lean, she didn't lean that way when she was in a high position office in California. I have no expectation that she's going to do it when she goes into the White House. I think it might actually be a little bit more detrimental for us. Mm, mm. I can dig it. I think that, like I said, the first 100 days, as has already been said, is extremely imperative. They have to move as quickly, Dems being they, have to move extremely quickly, given the limit, not just the limited amount of power that they have, but before you know it, 2022 elections are going to be here. They'll only have power full power from the house the um the house the senate and the white house possibly until 2022 so if they want to get changes done like weed legalization the stimulus checks all these other things that they've been clamoring about doing in the, during the election of 2020 they got to act on it now now how how well they're going to be able to pass those policies that's one of the things that gets me because you have folks like Joe Manchin, who's in West Virginia, who claims to be a Democrat and has a D in front of his name, but votes with Republicans almost 50 percent of the time and said already said he's willing to throw a monkey wrench in the plans and stop people from getting another stimulus check as it is now. Talk less about the defund the police. Talk less about getting our kids back in schools with the vaccinations and all those other things. Talk less about the uh, eviction moratorium and all those other things. So. They have to move quickly. They have to be good polit- uh, good politicians, for lack of a better description, do those the handshaking that's necessary to get these things done. We'll see if they can do it within the next 100 days or not. So, all right. As we're talking about that, as one man was entering into the White House, another person was saying goodbye. 
at the cr- butt crack of dawn disappearing before anybody could. <laughs> so yesterday was the last day that Donald Trump was in office. And I thought it was kind of interesting because before he left office, besides what happened on January 6th, he was trying to actually mess up a lot of things within the country before he left. One of the things that he did in preparation for his league, because he knew he was out. I, I, I believe he knew he was out. He created or helped to commission the 1776 report. Uh, Crush, why don't you go ahead and jump into that so we can get get that squared? Yeah, the uh, this report was intended to be a version of, the, of U.S. history that would, quote-unquote, restore patriotic education in schools. Uh, historians have largely condemned it, seeing it was filled with er- errors in, uh, in partisan politics, calling it a hack job and not a work of history at all. Um, it's a work of a uh, contentious politics designed to stoke cultural wars. Um, where they were pretty much trying to reshape the effect of slavery and and, and and several other you know key figures, and it wasn't even historically accurate or even even expressed within historical canon. Um, but the fact that you know the audacity of this uh, of the guy to try and pull this off on his way out, um, I guess, is somewhat incredible. Um, mm. to, to, say, to say to say the least, I mean, it's just uh, this the sheer audacity of it. It's just, um, but then again, going back to the Central Park Five shit, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be be that surprised. But the fact that he, he got commissioned together for this was uh was crazy. But um, but looks, but uh, fortunately, uh, uh Biden has, has pretty much shut the commission down. Yeah, yeah. At least that's one good thing that he's done as he started. But the, the fact that he got, but the fact that he got this this far, that was. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. What do you think, uh, L? Because I know that we talked about this briefly when you were mentioning it not too long ago on social media. So, Well, the, the 1776 commission was in response to a couple of things. Yeah. It was in response to the 1619 uh, project historical project yeah. that was put out here a while ago that was yeah. in on its own way flawed and heavily critiqued. Yeah. But it was put out in response to that, but also was put in response to two other things. Uh, white evangelicals for the longest time have propelled and pushed and been one of Donald Trump's chief supporters, chief backers, overwhelmingly in every election for Trump. They have been overwhelmingly the ones who have voted for him. But they've been in a battle with this thing that many people should be familiar with, and I hope you are, is critical race theory. Father by the great late Derek Bell. Uh, and it's this critical race theory that's this thing that has been infiltrating Christian circles. And white evangelicals and a lot of black Christians have been battling back and forth over the validity of critical race theory and whether it's the gospel and all these different things. So many of the people who were on this commission were people who were fighting against critical race theory and advocates and allies to white evangelicalism. But one of the things is when I began to research it and read the 76 trash was I was really disturbed, man, that many of the people who wrote this doggone thing who was commissioned by Trump were black folks. Like one of the chief writers for it, uh, Carolyn Swain, black female. Mm-hmm. Led the way, led the charge. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. as much as criticism that I think the orange dude deserves, it's also fascinating 
how even in these positions where there's an actual racist component being pushed, how we still find black folks who are willing to align with said thing and push it and do the research and push this product out. I, I You know what's funny? It's, I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a conversation that we may need to also dive into in another episode in far more depth. But it's a mental as, illness. As talking about evangelicals, white evangelicals, we also have to take a look at black evangelicals as well. And how black evangelicals on many instances don't see themselves or I would say tear their blackness far below their Christianity, right? Which is very interesting. So you'll hear many black evangelicals say that they are Christians before they're black or that Mm. they're patriots, they're Christian Americans before they're black. And I've never understood that. It's also interesting to see that when they attempted to roll this thing out, they chose the head Negro in token Negro in chief, Ben Carson, to roll it out, who is another black evangelical Christian. So the whole project in itself or the whole report in itself, it was not only was it flawed, but you could see that it was intentionally geared to try and undermine the 1619 project. Very much, so. and it was very disappointing to think that this thing that people call the original sin of America, that people would, that someone would effectively report what it means and the effects that it's had on not just black people in this country but on America as a whole, and that in the administration would feel that it has no valid place, not just in schools but in public discourse at all. I think that's something that we need to really delve into and take a look at. One of the things that I thought was even more interesting was like, you see some of the comments from the report. They've asked all these intellectuals, these black intellectuals at that, these all these college uh, elites. And some of the quotes are like, I don't know where to begin. This report lacks citation or any indication books were consulted. Why it, which explains why it was riddled with it riddled in errors, distortions, and outright lies. Yeah, yeah. It intentionally watered things down. Like if when people read it, if they choose to read it, when you get to the part of them speaking about the transatlantic slave trade and antebellum slavery, and you get to see the wording that they use, they water it down to make it more palatable for the intended audience. And I think there's a lesson here for us too, to understand how important propaganda is when it comes to conditioning, reinforcing ideas. Because this 1776 thing, man, was purely for his people. It was all for his base. What nobody in a right rabbit ass mind gonna read that shit and be like, oh my God. Yeah, this is the truth. truth. It was described as hero it was described as hero worship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh Carmen, I do not think that Ben Carson has a job as he's since left. I think he was the last person to leave. He didn't even leave after the incidents of 1770 uh of January 6th. So that says a lot for him. And I think Kim is right it does boil down to program or should I, I should ask you guys, do you believe that Kim is right? And that it ultimately is programming when we talk about black evangelical Christians and how they view their place in, in the American sphere. Oh, that's conditioning. Definitely. That's definitely conditioning. That is refined conditioning. 
very refined, specific, and almost delicate conditioning. It lines up with their it's theology. The, it's the it, man. It matches it's up with their psychotic, theology. Like, you, said it, you said it matches up with their theology. Yes. The, the base of the evangelical theology is nothing is higher than three things. The Bible, the church, and Jesus. Mm. Nothing, not your oppression, not your race, not your gender, not your economic status. Nothing is higher than those things. And if you're not living according to their standards of those two things, that's probably why you are oppressed, why you're in that economic status, why you're having those issues. Yeah. Because if you just turn your life around, man, yeah. <laughs> listen, man. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes as, as you, Elgin, you and I are consider ourselves to be uh, religious people yes. in some capacity. True. And we have these conversations at times and being on the spectrum where we are having conversations with actual devout black evangelical Christians becomes very, it becomes difficult because you try to, you, you try to make the way to have these explanations of what it is that we are facing here in real time on earth. Mm -hmm. And the first response typically, as you've already alluded to, is there's something, you're doing something wrong in, in your life. You need to turn your life around, give yourself wholly and completely and without thought to Jesus Christ. And that'll be the end result for, for that is so fucking heartbreaking, man. I mean, it, it seems like they forego culture itself. Oh, you have to. They, they, you ultimately accept. That, that's a requirement? Oh, yeah. It's literally, you accept a whole new culture. Your culture becomes their brand and flavor of Christianity. But well, well, but isn't, isn't there a tenet about acceptance? And nah, bro. That, that, that all the tenets that we would use to combat that thinking would be turned on us as saying that we're just twisting and taking the Bible out of context. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that a lot. Trust me, it's, bro. It's 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 a rabbit hole, man. It's scary. Yeah, it, it's it's disheartening because when you yeah. have that type of mental, and, and I'm not saying that these people are, have a mental disorder or anything like that. What I'm saying is that when you have that frame of thinking, it all automatically drops a wall between you and the person that you're trying to have discourse with, and it becomes very, very, very difficult. So. Yeah. It's tragic. It's tragic. Yeah. So now, given that we know that this has been commissioned already and it's been stopped by Joe Biden, do you think that it's already had its effects or do we not care at this point because it's been decommissioned? I don't think it's had its effects. I don't think it was as successful as he intended to do. And I think he, he might have just wanted to be a pain in the ass on the way out. He might have been trying to do whatever the case may be. But immediately... Biden had it removed from the White House website. So it's no longer up there. It's not, he already, press statements have been pushed out all around mm -hmm. saying it's trash. You know, we're going with the 16th. So, no, I don't think it had whatever the desired outcome was. Did it have that? No, I don't think people really paid too much attention to it. Yeah. I think most black folks said Donald Trump, 1776 commission. Oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> right, right, right. But I think. Do, do you think? Do you think you'll? Do you think you'll hold on to it as a in his back pocket for something? I think his people will. 
I'm, I wouldn't doubt it whether or not they keep that report on hand for when they start doing um, what do you want to call it? Canvassing. Well, well, probably that too, but canvassing mm -hmm. in these local municipalities as they start to try and get these uh, school books redone. We've already seen evidence of them <laughs> having their effects. Let's keep it, let's keep it 100. We've already sure. seen evidence sure. that happened. Bar Hill has already dealt with that shit before. They're not yeah, dealing with that shit yeah, again. Exactly. They've, they've had They're not having that shit over. again. I, I know them. McGraw Hill's not having that shit again. Well, we'll see because we didn't think that they would be the same people to say that in the, uh, slaves were, what do they call and it? People that came and they're indentured servants or people that came here yeah, to work. They, 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 man, they've been through so many corrections and retractions and lawsuits. Yeah, they're they're not dealing with that that some some group of idiots trying to reprint shit in schools. Nah. Well, I, I from your mouth to God's ears, man. We'll see what happens, but I won't. Yeah, I don't I feel put you. too much stock in some of those things, man. To be very, no, honest I feel you. Me. I feel you. Though. I feel you. All right, so we're going to jump out of that. Annoying Orange Please. has left the office, and we we done with that dude. So it's over. over. Yeah, good riddance to all that. So, with that being said, as we're seeing representation mm. on one end <laughs> with Kamala Harris and her breaking the glass ceiling, if we look at the NFL. <laughs> we look at the NFL right now, and we try to understand how come it seems like they have, outside of players, that they have a huge problem with representation in the NFL when it comes to uh, positions of leadership. So. El, why don't you go ahead and take it over, man? The NFL is over 65% black. 70% as of this year. It's 70% as of this year. 70% with less than 10. And we're going to be gracious here for a moment. Less than 10 black men or women in power positions. Less than 10. And we're taking GMs. And head coaches. Yeah, that's correct. And his one particular name, Eric Bieniemy. Now, Eric Bieniemy was a star running back at the University of Colorado. Uh, him and Cordell Stewart were in the backfield together. Eric Bieniemy was a monster on the field, man. Played great. Spent a little bit of time in the league. But climbed the ranks in the coaching sphere to end up being underneath Andy Reid. So now he's been with Andy Reid in the Kansas City Chiefs for a number of years, and he has everything. He's an offensive coordinator, so that means he's directly responsible for what the offense does and doesn't do. Man, every year that this dude has been in charge, he took made Alex Smith look all-worldly, pre-messed-up leg Alex Smith. Then he took a little-known dude out of Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas, Patrick Mahomes, who was a gunslinger in college, didn't really, everybody expected him to have any great prospects and be the man. Man, he didn't turn this motherfucker into the best quarterback possibly ever at the end of the day. But there's been a number of coaching openings. My man has gotten zero, zero come talk to us. He's gotten an interview or two here, but there has not been any intensity. hasn't been any like, yo, you the man in Kansas City with the number one team for the past couple of years with the, you know, doing all these great things. Bruh, he, he can't get a job. Now, some of the things that people have been speculating that reasons why he hasn't gotten a job, there's been two things. Mm -hmm. 
maybe he hasn't interviewed well. Hold up, real, real quick. You see Carmen's question, right? Do you anybody know if that's true or not? He does have. He has something that he's putting together. I think he bought okay. uh, McMahon's joint, Vince McMahon's XFL. XFL, yeah, you right. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's true. Right, they right, haven't been doing right. it. Yeah, he, he, he did pour a ton of money into it. A ton yeah, of money. Yeah, yeah. He, he literally, he literally saved it because it was going out of business after the first yeah. season. Mm -hmm. The marketing looks pretty slick. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so long. I'm, so I'm glad that you got that. Yeah, yeah, one of the things is that maybe he doesn't interview very well. But for hmm. the, four years now, four years he's been up for a head coaching job. So you mean to tell me in four years he hasn't refined his interviewing skills to come on? So. <laughs> No. Well, and pass, he's had some past run-ins with the law decades ago. Like decades ago, we're talking. We're talking when about he was a kid. We're talking about probably 15 early in his early in his career. Early it was so but then before got, his career? No, and during his career, but I mean during his oh, career. During he his was career. still like he was still like in his early twenties at the time. Early twenties. So. You got Urban Meyer just got hired as a Jacksonville coach. Urban Meyer, who got fired from Ohio State University for improprieties. Matter of fact, Urban Meyer got fired because he knew that one of his coaches was repeatedly and consistently beating his wife. And Urban Meyer was complicit in covering up in that story. Wow. And he got welcomed in Jacksonville and got paid in Jacksonville. Well, you know, so this this only, only white people get to fail up. You know what's funny, man? I, no, no, no. no I think you, keep it funky, my guy. It, it's it's one hundred percent the fact, and you see that. You see that in the federal government a lot. Fail up. Oh, <laughs> fail up. Maybe you see it in corporate America a lot too, where you see somebody oh, who's too big to fail for the company ends up doing messing something up, and before you know it, no, they're either no, no, promoted, no or moved to a different department, and all they that. Can, other they can crash a car in the lobby. And get a ten percent bump the next month. Yeah, my guy, it's crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but there's rules. There's rules in place in the NFL. Quote unquote. Yeah, the Rooney thing. I heard it was uh, it was adjusted. How, how do you the have the Rooney right? building? You make these. Well, the, some of it's the adjustments adjusted. are. Some of these adjustments also are that he cannot interview until the season is his season is over. So if it ends now or if it ends after the Super Bowl. And the teams just happen to have chosen their people before then. I mean, ah, uh, what can you do? So, but, but okay, whatever. But there's no way to prove it, though. You don't that's have, that's that's part part. have an outside entity controlling this process and doing it. Yeah, it's not an independent party. That's one of the no, worst parts. So you got the NFL investigating the NFL or how the NFL, is, <laughs> is, is, you know. It's like a man cheating on his wife, but the, the man is the one who's handling the investigation. All this pushback is just—I mean, doesn't this get frustrating at, at one point? But I you mean, know, what? I think what's more frustrating to me and, and fascinating to me is there's been a lot of white people in sports who have come out in support of him. But not wait, 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 You don't believe them, though, do you? I believe his coach, like Andy Reid, came out and was like, yo, he should have a job. Like, no bullshit. You believe their support? I believe their support, but they're not going to come out and say the reason why he's not getting a job is race. They won't say it. What they have said is, oh, that's really messed up.
Like I, I listened to an Alex Smith interview and he said specifically, yo, man, it's really bad how they treating Eric, man. He it, 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 and Carmen, a whole ass rapist. Listen. And when you, know the, when you know the story of what Roethlisberger did, my man, man. Came, back, came back and signed a larger, a larger fail up. Yes, Only. no bullshit. No bullshit. No bullshit. In, fact, in Roethlisberger's, in his early contract, he had a no motorcycle riding clause and <laughs> rode a motorcycle and destroyed his knee and they paid him more money. <sighs> Okay, let me bring another one to the table, man. Somebody was saying this when we uh, announced that we were going to be having this conversation. Some folks reached out to me. We're having the we're having this conversation. Another person that seems to be dodging, or I won't say dodging. I apologize. Who seems to be getting dodged in regards to getting a head position is Deuce Staley. Oh, yeah, he was Deuce. assistant head coach, and he's been doing the damn thing for how many damn years? And a head coach, uh, assistant coach underneath Andy Reid. They said that his the whole team petition for him to like be the next coach after they fired the recent dude and they and hired they're like they hired some other some other, other clown young, another young white dude without any head coaching experience came in who was also an offensive coordinator in indianapolis came in and got the job deuce staley not only has been a coach there deuce staley was a star player was a star player there yeah. for the city <laughs> it was Still can't get the job. The only thing that you could even say, like, I think part of what has since transpired is that now they've focused not only on making sure, making it black head coaches, because currently I think there are only two black head coaches. There's a Hispanic and there's the recent guy, someone that just got hired who is like Arab American or something like that. So it, I think they're, trying to effectively use the Rooney rule. And you see, I put that in quotes, effectively use the Rooney rule. But you still have, like you said, Eric Bianami that's out there, that's been out there for years, that you would think most coaches after they, assistant coaches, head, uh, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, especially if they were integral into winning a Super Bowl, they get snatched up the following year. They don't even, they don't last like, during that whole carousel thing by the off season, as soon as the Super Bowl season's over, they've already found a new place to go. So you know how many coaches that have been coaching beside Eric Bieniemy under Andy Reid have gotten head coaches that they've been there? Man. Three. Do you know okay. how the Rooney rule came into place? Yeah. The Rooney rule came into place by the late great Johnny Cochran, who threatened to sue the yes, NFL if they did not do something about their black coach hiring. He had a lawsuit on the table before he died. He was going to sue the NFL. That's how the Rooney rule came into place. We needed somebody. Crump, stop bullshitting. Come on through. <laughs> uh, never mind, Crump. Don't come through because you bullshitting. <laughs> We need somebody. That, but that, that's what it took. It took wow. an outside lawyer wow. to threaten the NFL with suing them. And, you know, when you sue somebody, all that shit comes out. In the yeah. World. It's called the discovery process. They're going to pull all your emails, all your files, all your everything, and look at you for the past 20-some-odd years and see why you've been effing up. 
Why you been a racist for all these years? Why you been a racist for forever? Because, <laughs> because it, it pays them to be a racist, man. Look at what they're yeah, doing to pays. Uh, look what they're doing to Deshaun Watson and uh in Houston. I, I think that that's anyway. And Deshaun Watson wants a black coach, Eric Bieniemy, black coach. And they told that dude Kick they Rocks. Told, nope, kick <laughs> told rocks, Deshaun, like Kick Rocks. It's all right. We're not going to do that. You know, all right. So what do you franchise quarterback? And they already paid him the bag, though. That he goes. So they thought, it, they, they thought that they, because they paid him the bag that he's just going to sit there and be like, nah. Anyway. So do you, do we anticipate Eric Bieniemy getting a job? Mm-hmm. After the Chiefs win their second Super Bowl, because I anticipate they're going to win a second Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, they're they're going to win. Yeah, uh, no bullshit. I win. think the jobs are going to be filled by the time the Super Bowl comes. It's one head coaching job left, and that's Houston. It's going to be filled before the Super Bowl is For sure. Over. So this For is sure? the reason why I asked. I think because of the pressure mm. that's currently that Houston's currently facing, specifically with trying to keep Deshaun Watson, that there is a slim hope that they could pull Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy and Deshaun Watson, bro, you got you got a winner there, bro. My guy, I think that would be incredible. But like you said, they can't interview him until after they get out of the season. So. They might have already found their person. You know how t- most of these things work. Just like what the what did uh, Washington do when they pulled uh, Gruden's brother? They talked to that dude for five minutes, five minutes. and hired him. Didn't right. interview anybody else. It was like, all right. They had like four or five other interviews on the books. They sat down with this dude for five ten minutes. It was like, nah, this is our guy. And he ended up stinking it up. Like his record was like. 10 and 56 or some bullshit. Like that. <laughs> I wanted Watson, I, to all jokes aside, I want Watson to go to the Jets, but I would wanted him to go. I want him to go to the Jets, Bro, but I, I would never want a black person to be in such a bad Washington. I want him to see it go to Washington football team is where I want him discovery to Discovery stage. Like I said, discovery, man. You got to go through that discovery stage. All the, all the, all the, the to watch. All right. Right about now is the time that we'd like to give you little tidbits of news and words of wisdom that you can take with yourself into the week. So, Crush, what's up, man? This one, uh, send a quick shout out to Jay Z, who is uh, taking things a little further with his uh, his uh, investment in the cannabis industry. He is uh, launching a fund to invest in minority-owned cannabis startups to bolster Black participation in the industry. Hmm. The cannabis industry. If you have investments in cannabis groups or cannabis stock, you've seen a sizable bump in your stock since the inauguration. So, like I said, your folks got your folks, your, your folks got a hundred your folks got a hundred days to get active and do what they need to do and sign them bills, man. Because people are people are waiting. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. L, what's up, my guy? Hey, man. Uh... The pandemic, we're still in the midst of one. Uh, I need folks to wash their hands, wear your mask, social distance. And if you are in a category where getting the vaccine is an option for you, get it. Uh, but really just want to encourage people to still be still be mindful. Don't let all these crazy folk out there you see on social media gathering and doing all this other wild shit at Bow Wow concerts and shit like that. You know, Bow Wow has Man, look, I've seen so many shows and parties, especially 
down south in Florida and shit like that. I'm like, man, yeah, I don't care. They just don't care. They just clear, bro. It ain't just the clears out there doing it. We out there doing that shit too, bro. Oh, Philly? Oh, man. Nah, black folks, man. I black mean, folks well, you know, there. Philly niggas still got the waves in their beard, so why wouldn't you expect them to be out there with their foolishness? <laughs> Look, that's, that's, that's a crisis. That's a crisis, man. That is a crisis for them right there, okay? Bro, they need intervention bro. for that shit. So they need to be shot in the face. They <laughs> <laughs> need to be drawn and quartered. But just you know, be safe out there, man. Be safe, please. Rita, I see you. Yes, cannabis stocks are rising. Please, if you uh put some options that I can that I can uh, jump into and get my money up inside of the uh, the comments. Uh, what's up for me this week is that recently, after the incidences of January sixth, the military is starting to take a closer look at recruiting practices as well as who is involved or who they allow into the military. Uh, they are seeing. They said they did not believe that they had such a problem with white supremacy, neo-Nazi groups, and so on. But as someone who's former enlistment, and I know L former enlistment, anybody who served in the military would tell you that that's, that was common knowledge decades ago. So for, for, for this report to now come out and be like, okay, we have these members of these anti-American militia groups, neo-Nazi white supremacist groups, in the military or then at the number that they are currently investigating or seeing kind of blows my mind that they were so naive. I won't even say naive. Okay. My bad. I will be nice and say naive because to be honest with you, I think it was just them ignoring it completely. I was who had the Confederate flag hanging up in their room. My God. My God. Didn't they didn't they send twelve guys home from the uh, from the uh, from the uh, from the forces uh, by the by the White House? Yeah, yeah they sent Well, no, they yeah. sent them not home, but they they kicked them out pretty much. I think. Yeah, they relieved. Well, they relieved them from duty at that duty. point. Yeah, they still they relieved them from duty. Twelve so far. We're going to Leavenworth for a little while, bro. Yeah. For a little bit for their ties <laughs> to some of these groups. So oh, yeah, they're going to be. Yeah, they're going to be. They're going to be interrogated. Yeah. yeah. I. You know what? The, to be very honest with you, man, I don't know. I don't know what the military can do though. Like, how do you weed that out? Because these folks, as they're trying to infiltrate the military, and they're they're infiltrating them for a reason. And many of these groups also they recruit either active and former military to be to join their militia groups. Perfect looking for them. So how do you how does the military end up weeding these people out? To be very honest, how do you because what they're trying to do is to look at these ties to different people that they may have, but these groups are going to become more sophisticated. You know that they're looking. You know what I'm saying? But so not how do you only that, them out? What do you do sophisticated? Them that doesn't directly negatively affect black folk? Because any idea that you give them to weed those groups out, that's the same shit they're going to do to us. If they begin to look at their social media, they're going to look. It, it just so has to be so, I don't have any idea how to do it. But it's such, it's so ingrained in white people to be patriotic in the military, to be a cop, a crossing guard, some shit where, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Listen, I know when I enlisted, man, I got to boot camp and I said, you know how you, you, you're you sitting in the in the barracks and you're having these conversations and we start talking about why we all enlisted. And I know I enlisted to go to school. That was my primary focus was to go to school, right? Get out the hood. 
I talk to, I can't tell you how many, I can't even count on my hand how many dudes on hands and feet, how many dudes that I talked to, they were like, it's it's in my blood. I needed to do it for the country. Like they were ready. It's like if they didn't do it, they felt like they weren't part of Worthy, America. Wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, part of that you can respect and understand, but some of that devotion and that high level of attention, nationalism, it, it, it comes across as kind of scary. It comes across as kind of sure, worrying because those are the same dudes, like you said, that end up joining these militias. You're like, yeah, okay, nationalistic shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, crush. Where can these people find you if they'd like to find you, my guy? Come check me on Instagram uh, at SB Methods, a.k.a. Bridge or The Orange Crush. Uh, yeah, pretty much that. No doubt. L, where can the good folks find you if they'd like to find you, man? Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Elgin Bailey. That's I appreciate it. it. The first time you've actually said that instead of telling them that they see it on the screen. So uh, I appreciate you behaving nah. tonight. <laughs> I got to meet somebody, so I want to be nice to them. <laughs> see, they, they, they color, they colorblind, so they can't see the shit. So oh my god! <laughs> Whatever. It is. And I'm Big O, Mister in the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at mr underscore in the black. And I want to thank you guys once again for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to kick with us. And we appreciate it. Make sure that you follow us across all social media at In the Black PDCST, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and as always, informed, intelligent, in the black. In the black. Come Peace. through. No doubt. Peace. This is this is the In the Black Podcast. In the black, bro. Hands down, one of the best podcasts I ever heard, though. I like y'all. what up? I read a black coffee, Bretchen. Listen, in the black podcast, think your lad is all facts. You don't like that, the fault fact. In the black podcast, don't talk trash. Switch fast if you ain't raw, then you're whack. Intelligent elements always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate. This is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence. Rest in them, my excrement. In the black podcast, the truth like the testament. Don't know, black up he bro, man a specialist. No what the podcast broadcast, y'all mess with this. Like said they my cheat, who no dweed so effortless. I listen them, I learn, man, them listen them, I benefit. Reporting current event, everything that is prevalent. This is so exquisite, the scientific experiment. Giving you the news, not views without evidence. Telling you the truth, sentiments without embellishments. Relax, these are the facts, bringing them to your residence. In your house or your tenement, listen to hear intelligence. Body filled with Melody power that's so ascending bright in the stars bringing some light back to the desolate in the black podcast that your land is all facts you don't like that the fuck back in the black podcast they fucked up who looks like watch black up in the black podcast that your land is all facts you don't like that the fuck back in the black podcast we all lost the one of them can none of them can control just like that, though. <laughs> 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 <laughs>